some of the serving alcohol and him and the little angel was there. And he said, trying to buy him a drink and he didn't have no money, the angel. I can't imagine any angel buying a drink. But anyway, it's just a movie. It ain't the real thing. He used to have a song. I didn't know God made honky-tonk angels. He didn't. No, he didn't. Hallelujah. There ain't no such a critter in heaven. And so, uh, uh, and he said, I don't have any money. We don't use it in heaven. He said, yeah, but we need it down here. George, that fellow, he said, we need it down here. But sometimes I'll say to the Lord, you know, I know you don't need none of this up in heaven, but I need some down here if you don't mind. And, uh, well, you don't pay no attention to that. Now, so, so, his, so the announcement of Satan was that by their independent action, they could bypass what God said. That's putting it simple. You're going to be like God's. He offered them. He could, the only thing he could offer is what they already owned. He couldn't offer them something they didn't have. He offered them something they already had. But they, but, but by the power of deception, they didn't see it that way. They thought, well, God said we eat this, we die. But he's saying to you this, you won't die. It's just do it this way. So let's enter over in here and let's do what we want to do. Because after all, the idea, uh, the idea in the heart of every born-again believer is that we're being predestined to be conformed to the image of God's Son. It's in us. It's innate in our nature as a spiritual being. We know when we get born again that we're destined for something great. We may not see it materialize the way we want it to. We may not see it happen the way we think it ought to. But we're, it's on the inside of us to go that way. And what we have got to guard out for is that we don't develop habits and avenues and ways that exist under the form of godliness that causes us to bypass the way that God said for Jesus Christ is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no other way whereby men can be saved. Hallelujah. And so, and so, we, so we, we look for ways to get around it. It's natural then that Satan should suggest to humanity that which had been the object of his own unholy ambition, which once again is competition. I, I will ascend heaven. And I will ascend above the throne of God. And he went through a, several I wills there in Isaiah. And Jesus, my daddy used to have a saying, and he was, we're from, I'm from the south, obviously, you can tell that a little bit. And, and he, used to have a, he used to have a saying, I can't remember how he said it in a sense, but he said, boy, that's faster than grease lightning. <laughs> that's pretty fast, you know that? I mean, grease lightning is pretty fast. And, and so and Jesus said, I was standing there when the devil did that mess, and God picked him up and threw that sucker out of heaven so fast, and I was just going to put my version in, and he went faster than grease lightning. Yeah. He come out of our space. Huh? I mean, he greased him up and sent him out of flying, boy. Put him down right quick. Well, you know, it's so he, but his thing was, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. So, that. so through the self-development, things sometimes that are even good truths that have been manipulated and moved in such a way that it gets us over into the spirit of that, truth, but it gets us over into the spirit of that and causes us to bypass certain things that are relevant and important to us. God is not going to let you do what you want to do. You're going to keep going around the mountain, darling, if you don't go his way. I don't care what you say. 
you're going to keep going until you get it right. Hey, hey. Hallelujah. I knew this would go over like I thought it would. But it's all right. Hallelujah. So it's natural that Satan should suggest to humanity that which had been the objective of his own unholy ambition. Why? Because if he separated them from their God, listen, he can claim their authority or could claim authority over them and secure their worship. The very thing he craved. If he can get people away. And that's exactly well, the Adam and Eve worshipped him in a way that we understand worship like we, you know, we did when we worshipped tonight. They worshipped him in some way or another. The works of their hand. Now they're having to make their living with the works of their hands. Something God never intended for them to ever have to do. At least the way they did it in the sweat of their brow. That's important. We'll get to, to that here in just a, little bit, in just a little bit. Now there are two methods used to uplift humanity. Satan's and God's. We're going to talk about his, Satan's. Under satanic control, man has been strangely affected in his relation to God. Man has been willing to assume a hopeless position of independence toward God. I'm talking about methods. I'm talking about how uh, that little statement I told you about how the demons and Satan are adapting the manner of their activities to the enlightenment of the age and the locality. See, you, we live in a high-paced society that requires more for us today. I don't like where I live now. I'm 61. We'll be 62 pretty soon. That's not old. But I've lived long enough to know that things have changed a great deal. And, and, and when I was a kid growing up, of course, I was raised in the country, but life wasn't as fast as it is now. You have to run 100 miles an hour to keep up with things. There's people going all the time. Let's do it this way. And then the thing comes over into the, over to the realm of the church. Well, let's hurry up and let's build us some great big building. Never mind whether we can pay for it or not. Let's do it and give all the outward appearance. I'm just using that as an example. Give all the outward appearance uh, that we're really blowing and going, but inside we're miserable, wretched tombs with dead men's bones, no power, whited sepulchers. We have nothing that ever changes humanity. We can preach something to develop your mind. We can preach something to make you act and do a little bit better. But the reality is down deep on the inside, there needs to be the application of the power of the blood and the power of the gospel that takes you from point one to point two. It washes away your sin and and puts the divine nature on the inside of you, hallelujah, where you can stand up and begin to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus, help me tonight. <laughs> My God, boy. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man's gone his own way. Listen to this one, Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep. That's a dumb animal. Do you know that? Really, they are. I'm talking about the animals. I'm not necessarily referring that to people. But we are dumb spiritually most of the time about things until God enlightens us. See, as long as you walk in the middle of independence. You know what? Just like before, I had to ask God about some of the reasons why some of the things happen the way they do and where my part in the matter is and what it is I need to correct. One of the things I've surmised in the last three or four weeks is I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't talking to God. I wasn't getting His purpose and will first. I wasn't finding out what He wanted. How you want to do it. You know. I, was, I, I thought about this years ago. I just learned how to, I learned a faith message, you know, and I was pastoring this church and had an older couple in. Well, these people would bring in people that were dying. I mean, they were dying, brother. Them boys ain't got no hope. And they'd bring them in, put them in their house, had a room, and they'd take them in that room, and they'd just pray day and night, and next thing you know, they'd get them go home. 
just pray right back to health. Well, you know, I had some kind of a thing. I don't know. I never have been sure what was a kidney uh, a stone or a gallstone, but I guess they're both similar in a way that hurt you in that side of your body, or if you, you know, it's on this, in this kidney. But man, I never had such pain my entire life, and I just learned how to confess the word. So I, I got up and said, "Devil, you know, putting that on me in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm healed by the stripes." And I was walking back and forth through the floor, and the Lord kept saying to me, "Go call brother and sister Herod, come and pray for you." Talking about how God does things different than that. So I said, well, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, they're good folks, God. Now here they're praying dead people back almost, almost dead. They're praying them back from the grave, back over. And, I, and here I am, I'm just five, four or five years old in the Lord, and I've already attained to a spiritual level that I no longer need that. I'm way above all of that. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm in here, I'm hurting, I'm in great pain. And he kept telling me, and I said, well, they don't, you know, they don't understand faith like we do. He said, you want to be healed, you call them. I said, well, since you put it that way. <laughs> so I called. Never, Sister Herod was kind of laid back. She wasn't necessarily shy, but she just was a laid back person. Well, when she come through the door of our house, I don't know how she come through the front door, because I, I was wearing, they were old-time holiness people, and I had on a pair of Bermuda shorts. Well, I'd have never let them see me in a pair of Bermuda shorts in bed, out of bed, or in the other place. So I, because I just had respect to them, so I just dived under the covers when they got in there. And boy, she come through that front door, if she come through that like she did that bedroom door, she didn't even ask, I don't even know if she spoke to you or not, I, don't, I never did ask you, but she just come barreling through there and walked over to the bed where I was at and hauled off and hit me right in the side where I was hurt. I thought, Jesus, you better tell that woman don't do that no more. I'm going to kill her if she hits me like that again. Well, from where she hit me, quit hurting, the rest of it was gone. That's the first time. Second time, I'm, I'm in the house, I have another attack. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, drink a glass of milk. Ain't that stupid sounding? You know. I mean, Jesus takes a guy blind as a bat, gets down, spits in the dirt, rubs it in his eyes, and so wash it out. He said, wait a minute. I can see when I come up here. What makes you think I can find a pool? <laughs> Took more of a miracle to get him the pool than to get his eyes washed out. Huh? Don't even make sense, does it? I mean, it ain't nothing... About, when you read the gospel, it's strange. Really, it is. It's strange sometimes, some of the things that goes on. And, you know, like, like he says, count it all joy and you fall into time, diverse temptation. I'm going to look up and say, yeah, you might do that up there, but we're down here. <laughs> huh? But no, that's what he said. Just had, so, so I drank a glass of milk. It was gone. The third time, I'm laying, the man of faith and power, hallelujah, I'm laying in my office floor puking, which is the Greek interpretation for regurgitate. And I'm laying there puking. I'm sick as a dog, man. I mean, green stuff or whatever it was. And the Lord said, this isn't a nice position for a man of faith and power to be. Get up. I wanted to say, are you kidding? I got up. I'm, I got the chills, man. I'm shaking. When I straightened to a straight position, it was gone. I've never had another since. Never. Three different ways. Hallelujah. I mean, God's just, that's the way it is. So sometimes, well, hallelujah, we've learned how to do it, and we're going to, that's what happened to a lot of us who learned the faith message. We thought we knew something. And so we dived on that wagon and said, well, it's a little bit easier, but some of us who stayed at it a while found out it wasn't quite as easy as we thought it was. Yeah. And, and the Word says, you know, we need to confess what we believe, and you're laying there half dead, and you're trying to say, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And after a while, if it don't work, you might ought to find out what it is you ought to be doing. 
Because that's the truth, but there may be some implementing of that that may be a little bit different. See, we can develop in some of these things beyond, you know, like one fellow said, some people are educated beyond their intellect, and for most of them wouldn't take more than a comic book. But anyway, we are sometimes. Now, whew, goodness, I feel, I feel like I'm going here tonight. Praise God. Now, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. So he's blindly seeking to build his own man, I'm about, this unregenerate man, the satanic man. You don't call him that. He is blindly, you know, we got Neanderthal man, there's only another man. Well, won't we just talk about the satanic man? You got one of them too. And, he, and, he's, and he come out of somewhere. I don't know if it was a cave where it was, but it wasn't, you know, out of, out of the devil's hatchery. He is blindly seeking to build his own character by education. Nothing wrong with some of these things I'm saying. Cultivation to improve his natural heart, which God pronounces humanly incurable. Man is looking for ways to fix himself, and God says it's impossible for you to do it. You cannot do it the way you want to do it. You've got to do it my way, you'll get it done. If you don't do it my way, you're not going to get it done. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to go down to the front of the church and admit to anybody as a sinner. Well, would you rather do that or admit it to God? Or something like that, you know, whatever God tells you. Well, I don't think that, you know, I don't, that hurts my pride. To have to do that. People just see, I mean, everybody knows how messed up I am. Well, you know, they notice that when you come into church. <laughs> you didn't look like everybody else sitting there. You look like he's all tormented or whatever you was. Do you know when you came the first time? I know I was. I know they, I said, they had a little bench on the back of the church about this wide. Now, you know, some people, I've never been to that church before, and somebody took my seat. Because <laughs> I was back as far as I could get. Man, and when they started giving the altar call, the first people to come to was me and my wife, me first. Which essentially means I was more wicked than she was. Or looked that way, yeah. Probably was. But, you know, it was incurable. What a deal. This is, this is, this is going to get out of hand here in a minute. I can see it happening. Now, he has invented or developed the means whereby he can avoid God's labor, thus finding ways. I'm talking about man now, fallen man. Finding ways he can, because of his greed, create a substitute that will bear for him the discomfort of sweating of the brow. We'll read that again. Man has invented or developed the means whereby he can avoid God's labor, thus finding ways he can, because of his greed, create a substitute. That's exactly what I was talking about with that little tape series there with uh, Isaac. He was looking for some other way. Abraham went for somebody. He went to Egypt looking for help. Well, God helped him nevertheless. But the fact remains that that wasn't God's perfect will because Lot got messed up when he went down there. And he ended up all messed up because of what he, whatever he had got a hold of there. Now, he doesn't have any disposition to claim the help of God. God is not in all of his thoughts. I'm talking about that man that's satanically motivated. Now, I actually got through four pages. It's wonderful. I only, if I do two more, I will be at the point of no return. <laughs> So you better start praying if you want out of here before midnight. Now, the satanic method for life prompts him to attempt to become a god by, listen, a process of self-help and development to the finite or limited, uh, 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 I can't read my own writing, uh, to attempt to become a god by a process of self-help and development of the finite limited resource. That is, man in his unregenerate state and even in his regenerate state that's not been good and trained in the Word of God, is taking his finite measures trying to become something that cannot happen in him at all until it's done by the power of God. You cannot become what God created you to be until you have his creative power to perform it. 
And that comes at new birth. Are we here? I want you to get read between the lines on some of this. Now, we, how much stuff you think we try to accomplish and do for God that doesn't, that's not been born of God? See, Jesus said, there is that which is born of the flesh, and there is that which is born of the Spirit. There are things that are born of the flesh. What kind of flesh? Well, if it's in the church circles, it's probably some godlikeness or godliness, a form of godliness flesh. I think we ought to just go down to some of these churches and at nighttime put banners on them. Form of God in this church. Form of God in this church. Form of God in the church. Uh, synagogue of Satan. Oh, excuse me. Form of God in this church. Because <laughs> you go in there, nothing's going to happen. Nothing. Other than you be educated. How to exact, to act like a, now Listen. You ain't going to like what I'm going to say to you now because I got this down in my notes. Uh, one of the things I wanted to tell you, if I can read it. Listen. True servants of God will be taken lightly at the present time while the vast things will... So this is one, I got this out, in the, you know, out, out here. Out of, well, actually, a copy from another part of the sermon. The true servants of God will be taken lightly at the present time while the vast throng will support some religious system which is religious in externals. It is a gospel of morality, but has a subtle denial of the redemption of Christ. Huh? That is, we've got people who will say all kinds of things. They've got a system. Externally, they look okay. But they, and listen, here's the point I want to get. They, you know, the devil don't mind morality. He supported it. As long as morality will take you away from redemption. That's right. As long as morality will get your attention off of something other than being born again and washed in the blood and the cross and the PowerPoints of the gospel. The devil will, he don't care how moral you are. Well, I'm a good person. You, how many people you ever talk to about the Lord? Well, I'm a good person. We, you know, I, I'm from the neck of the woods down in the east coast down in Virginia and North Carolina, and they've got more Baptists than they already human beings. <laughs> and Baptists are good people. I'm not, I'm not being, speaking despairingly of them. But, but, but the point of it is, you knock on the door and say, I'm out telling people about Jesus Christ. And they say, well, I'm a good person. I say, well, it's not a good person to do as good instead of not. Took me a little while to come to that conclusion. You're not, you're talking to most people, well, I'm a good person. And they, in their own mind, they are judging themselves on the light of the fact that they probably are moral. They probably are good. But my point is this. Will you know Him when it comes time to know Him in the way that His Word teaches that you ought to know Him that comes directly from a personal relationship with Him? Or is it someone that you have learned about? Because Philip went down to Samaria and the Bible said he cast out devils and he did miracles in the name of Christ because he preached Christ. He didn't preach about Christ. He didn't preach a Baptist Jesus. He didn't preach a Pentecostal Jesus. He didn't preach a Catholic Jesus. He didn't preach any other kind of Jesus. He preached a the Bible, Jesus, which is a son of the living God who was dead and raised from the dead by the resurrection power of God, and he is now at the right hand of the Father. He preached that Christ. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, I've, I've, you see all kinds of things. You travel around the world, you know, and uh, it's amazing what people will do. And uh, you know, South America is, a, is an experience all of its own. You know, I got caught in a situation down there. They were bringing me rings. Now, South America is kind of like the East Coast. is more Catholics than there are human beings. <laughs> and I like them. I like ministering to them. 
But because they're open, but they'd pass me rings and watches and everything. And I said, well, they're giving Bama getting a good offering here. Hallelujah. Look, no, they didn't want to give me an offering. They wanted me to bless them and give them back. And I was, I, I, and I was, and they, you know, I was giving and it's taking them back. I thought, what is going on? Finally, somebody said, brother, they want you, they think you're the Pope. I said, whoa, wait a minute. No hope in the Pope. Ain't no Gouda in Buddha either. And you know, hallelujah and Allah, and Elvis ain't my king. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I said, just go ahead and get it all tonight. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so the satanic method for life prompts him to attempt to become a god by a process of self-help and development of the finite limit, uh, uh, I'm talking about man now, of finite limited resources. Listen to this one, very important. It is possible to introduce much of religious form into the world system of self-help. You hear me? I'm going to say it again. Twice here in Peoria. It is possible to introduce much of religious form into the world system of self-help. The devil can put it right in. Well, he's the God of the world. He's a devil who stood at, he's a fallen angel who stood at the very throne of God and looked into the holiness of God. He was a guarded, guarding angel of the presence of God Almighty and he knows how to do certain things. He's not a blind, dumb devil. Sometimes I call him that, but, but he's not. You know. Surely there is a great feel for religious exercise for these attempting to make themselves godlike. A devout, now listen, it's another one's going to get you a good man. A devout religious spirit is part of the satanic doctrine. What do you mean by that? Nothing wrong with being devout, but it's part of his doctrine, and the predicted forms of godliness will naturally appear to these types of people. That's why you can go to South America and you can't find people more devout than Catholic people. You can't find them. But they've got bleeding rocks, bleeding Marys, and every other kind of thing going on down there. Go over and put your hand on this and you'll be blessed. Yeah, you'll be blessed, all right, but with something you don't want. And then we got it in this country. Huh? We got things going on right in this country. We don't see it quite as apparently out and apparent like that, but it's there. All kinds of people running after everything in the world. Well, what do you think about this? What do you th- I said, now I'll tell you what I think about it. Anything that tries to substitute and take the place of Jesus Christ ain't worth spit. He's the only one. Hallelujah. I said, The message has never changed. The remedy for fallen human nature is the one who died for them. The person. 
the very person of the Son of the living God, presented in all of His splendor, in all of His glory. The very person of the Son of God and the blood that He shed is that which is more than sufficient for a fallen man. And there will be those in the days ahead who will preach the doctrine of hell and will preach the things that are contrary to the gospel. But at the same time, there will be those who will stand and with great clarity and boldness and authority begin to declare the person of Christ. And when they present Him in all of His splendor, in all of His glory, and then the glory of God shall come and it shall manifest among the people of God and it shall be a witness unto them that the message is true and that He is honoring His word by His presence. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift our hands and glorify Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. I tell Kelly the most to suffer. You know, I was sharing a little bit with Pastor. I've been reading, I was reading a book on the covenants of God, it was talking about the blood covenants. And one of the things, and especially the Arabs, one of the things that the Arabs believe that happened when a, when a people enter into a blood covenant, there's various different ways that they can do that. That when there's a mixture of that blood, that the very nature of that other person, the very personality of all that person is, is transferred, that's what they believe, is transferred into them. Well, in reality, that's what happened to you at new birth. The blood was applied. You entered into the covenant relationship. Hallelujah. When you entered into that covenant relationship, the, very, the Bible said, now listen, you can't be a partaker of these unless you first have them. Through these great and exceeding precious promises, we are made partakers of the divine nature. He said, you already got it. What you do is you need the word that enables you to partake of it. Well, we need to learn how to tap into that. What we do is we, with the works of our hands, we're trying to develop something spiritually that may look outwardly and externally look very good to the eyes of man, but it does, not have the, uh, it does not have divine life in it. It's not born of God's divine nature. It's not born of God. If it was born of God, it's going to be full of power. If it's born of God, it's going to be full of His presence. If you've got His presence, you're going to have His power. You can have His presence without His power, but you need His presence and His power. Habakkuk talked about the two being together. Hallelujah. You ever watch the beginning? Uh, you ever watch the beginning of the Bible? The Spirit of God was moving. I mean, waiting rather, waiting to move. Actually, he's waiting for something. Once God spoke, lightning like speed. Begin to move and flow. Hallelujah. I better get back on this because I'll never get this done if I go down too many sideways. Let me see if I can find the ending point here somewhere tonight. There is a vast difference in between the individual supplicating God to save him versus one who asks God to help him save himself. Prayer and religious practice don't place the saving work in the hands of God, but mockingly ask him to bless and sanction the holy, the whole, uh, that which holy dishonors him. That is, man does the works of his hands and says, Blessed Lord. When you get through shouting, we'll go on. You sitting there and say, not me, well, then why am I preaching to you? I mean, I don't know, how, maybe this don't help you, but it was waking me up some, buddy. It really is waking me up some. I, I think I've been asleep a long time in ways I just never realized. And while you're asleep, the devil comes in and sows tares. This church, more than any other church that I know just about uh, would understand that. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you what I'm saying, not to be critical of anything, but to simply say that you know why? Cause the contending for the power in the true gospel. 
That's why. That's why the devil attacks you, brother and sister. That's why. That's why he's always done it. He hates truth. He's the opposite of all truth. He'd do anything and everything in his power to stop truth and the presentation of Christ. He doesn't want that to happen. You know something? You don't, I don't know, I haven't been here for a long time, but, I, but when we were here, I, I know a pastor talked about Christ and everything like that, but that, you know it's not necessarily just the preaching about Christ that I'm talking about, but it's the presentation of Christ. That is, he is accepted, acknowledged, recognized as the supreme one. And when that's done by those who are in authority, then that flows down because the anointing flows from the head down. And so you come to an understanding by setting in that kind of an operation, you come to an understanding of about the person and the presence of God and you have learned how to honor Him and to learn how to honor Him. And God respects those who respect Him. He honors those who honor Him and you learn that by sitting around someone and being with someone who knows Him. Hallelujah. Come on and shout better in this place. Hallelujah. I promise you you don't shout better. I'm going to preach these other 45 pages. Praise God. I'll get a shout out of you. Hallelujah. Uh, whoo, come on, I'll do it, and you bless it, Lord. The self-saving principle is utter folly, since God must demand a quality which no human can present. If you try to work your way in, you can't present nothing to Him, because all your righteousness is filthy rags. But Jesus is made unto His righteousness. This is another very important point, and maybe I ought to quit. I don't know. The man shall receive as a gift all that he has, and be forever a debtor to the divine giver, has always been rejected by self-sufficiency. That man shall, I'm going to read it again, that man shall receive as a gift all, that man shall receive, I'm, I'm not wording, I'm not saying that exactly right. That man shall receive as a gift all that he has, and be forever a debtor to the divine giver, has always been rejected by self-sufficient and satanic inspired humanity. Huh? All right, just say it another way. When you're like this, and when you... <laughs> When you realize that your only hope is Christ, and then on top of that, God anoints you with an anointing to cast out devils, you better know you've got a target painted on your back. And many people come into church and rise up, I tell you what, Pastor, if you do it this way, it'll be blessed. Won't you go sit in the car? You ain't ready for church yet. We'll put you in the kindergarten. I can, you already see, I'm going to get in trouble with this message. I'm going to hit Virginia running, brother. <laughs> I'm going to run through, preach it, and head out the back door as fast as I can. Uh, yeah. Now, brother, I just think we, after all, and I say this is an old pet phrase from where I'm from. Well, after all, brother, God help those who helps themselves. Well, there may be some principally, some principle of truth in that statement. But you can also see how devastating that can be because that's just saying, God ain't going to do a thing for me, i do something myself. Well, that's true in some way, but I'm going to just tell you how you, just tell me how you're going to save yourself, darling. Tell me how you're going to get your sins washed away apart from the blood. You tell me how you're going to do it. You tell me how you're going to get in a, you know, men's been able to help me up to, up to this point and I'm grateful for it. But I tell you one thing, and I hope I never get to the point where I have to, you know, be some other way.
and true, or will he be transformed by the power of God, which is no less than the image of Christ? Will he present the sacrifice of a sincere effort to be a moral and religious, or will he accept the God-provided sacrifice for all sin in the shed blood of Christ? Yes. Will he try to establish himself before God on the grounds of his own works, or rest in the finished work of Christ for him? Yes. That's the question. Will he try to improve his fallen nature, or partake of divine nature? Huh? What's man going to do? Man is not saved what he comprehends or understands, but his salvation is made possible by his attitude of willingness and exception toward the saving power of Christ. Yes. That's a quote from Lewis Perry Shaver. I'm going to say it again. Man is not saved by what he comprehends or understands, but his salvation is made possible by his attitude of willingness and expectation toward the saving power of Christ. And by the way, if you don't know who Lewis Perry Shaver is, he's a Baptist preacher. And a good one on top of that. Yes. Determine the exact point of truth that is, that is to be admitted. Distinguish between the person and the works of Christ. I've got to get this last little thing. I'm going to do it quick. In one is included his teaching and example, both in his life and death. In the other is included his substitutionary sacrifice and atoning death for the world. There is no controversy as to the value of his teaching and example of Jesus. The, 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 the Islamic Arabs will tell you. We're about ready to go there again in January. And they'll say, well, you know, Christ is a good man, but Allah has no son. I say, yeah, but Jehovah does. Jehovah and Allah ain't the same fella. That's right. Not the same. Huh? And, uh, and, you know, I like to ask him, well, now, Muhammad's in his grave, but Christ is not in his. How do you explain that? Well, we don't know. Well, I do. He's raised from the dead by the spirit of holiness. The Bible said he was. Yes, sir. Yes. But you know what they said? They said to the Catholic Pope, we will join forces with the Catholic Church if you take Christ out of there. Huh? Are we here? That's an interesting little point, isn't it? Got to get back here to what I was talking about. Are you going to take him? Are you going to? Well, they'll tell you he's a good teacher, but they think he's a liar. They think he's coming back with the Mahadi or their Messiah. And they think that he's coming back and to tell them, uh, you know, uh, uh, everybody he was a liar and he's not really the son of God. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. He's coming back on a white steed with truth written on his loins. Hallelujah. He went down to the side. Hallelujah. No, not him, brother. He's going to come back uh, in power and glory, thank God. And when he comes back that way, the Bible said every eye is going to see him. Hallelujah. And every, every tongue is going to confess his Lord to the glory of God. And every knee is going to bow. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And when he comes back, I'm not going to be bowing. I'm going to be on a horse riding behind him. Hallelujah. Saying, sick him, Jesus. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Not disrespectfully, but you know what I mean. Hallelujah. But see, people... Well, he's a good teacher, but that's not what you need. What you need is someone to be a sin bearer, and he's that. What you need is someone who has went to hell that you might go to heaven, and he's that. What you need is someone who took your sicknesses and diseases that he might pronounce you healed. That's what you need. He's the true substitute. He's the one who said, I'll enter into the blood covenant. I'll shed my blood. I'll mix it together in one body and I'll shed my blood and I'll become a guarantor and a surety of a more better covenant than what you've got and I'll take the law that was written in the Old Testament and I'll write it up on the tables of your heart. Hallelujah. 
Glory be to God. You better stand on your feet or I'll preach all night long. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. He is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything. Most great and small. He gave his life for me. Made everything new. He is my everything. Now how about you? Just had his name at this time. Christ is my everything. Christ is my all. Christ is my everything, most great and small. He gave his life for me, made everything new. Christ is my Now I want you to get up out of your seat if you don't mind, please. And this just kind of, I know this is just, a, just an act of human action, uh, uh, more or less. But just, just kind of present ourselves here at the altar. And just sing it again. Come on up here and sing while you're coming. Christ is my everything. Christ is my all. Christ is my to really pray. I don't even know if we know to. I mean, I, I, I don't know some of the things that some of my forefathers knew. Those are older than me and the Lord and have gone on to be with the Lord about some of these things. But we need to pray. My wife and I was talking about this some time back. We just have a, we have a generation of people that don't just know anything, really. We just, I mean, that's just really the bottom. We've, we know the works, but we don't know the person like we ought to. Some of the things that we deal with would be straightened out. We'd make that particular thing, right? And we need to pray and say, God, please help me identify, me personally, help me identify what it is that I'm doing that's more works-oriented instead of person-oriented. Because I want to know you. You know, it's a fearful thing to think about that. That's why, I mean, like I said earlier, we, one of these days we're going to face him, look him right straight in the face, and that's going to be something else when we see him. Everything about you, you're going to know. You're going to know instantly. Hallelujah. And you're also going to know His power to forgive, too. And the power of forgiveness. You're going to know it. And so maybe it would just be a good thing while you're standing here and say, Lord, I don't know in what way I need to have that revelation. Brother Hughes talked about tonight, but whatever way I need to see, I want to see. Where I don't know, 
you. I want to know you. Where I have gone and done my own thing and not given you supreme uh, rule in my life or whether in my thoughts or my worship or anything else, I want you to forgive me. Show it to me so I'll not do it anymore. And I want you to wash me clean and I want to know you. Hallelujah. Paul Paul made it a lifetime thing with him. I want to know him. He said in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. You know, this is, you know, this is not Mr. Feel-Good Religion we're talking about here tonight. We're talking about something that can strip you of ever, every self-motive, ever selfish act, ever selfish deed. You know, the saying is, and my son, he preaches it good when he preaches it. He said, you can do good deeds with a selfish motive and it's all wrong. A lot of people are doing a lot of reasons, for, a lot of things for their own selfish motive. And they're not doing it for the, just as unto the Lord. And the scripture said, whatever we do... Word indeed, do it as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory unto God. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. It's just stand here and let's begin to talk to him. And when you get to a point where you feel like you can worship and really worship him, don't give the devil or your flesh anything else, any, any uh, uh, worship, any credence whatsoever. Give it to him. He alone is worthy. He's, uh, he's worthy of it because he achieved it by conquest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And by inheritance. Inglista hakarita. Hallelujah. By one Jesus Christ. Reigning through life. On the basis of the blood.